Hello, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the all-time best music show. Big Ads is my name, and this is my own personal walk down musical memory lane. Now, in the last episode, we spoke about the death of uh, glam rock and the birth of grunge. And if anyone knows me, you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that uh, my favourite band of the glam rock era was uh, Motley Crue. But I thought I would talk about my three favourite bands that weren't Motley Crue. <laughs> and that sounds weird. Now, I've got to give us some special mentions here to a lot of bands I listened to in the late 80s that I absolutely loved that weren't Motley Crue. Um, and of course, you know, top of the list is a band like Bon Jovi. Um, who were certainly, certainly hair rock. I don't know if they were glam, necessarily. Um, but they were in that, lumped in with that genre. Um, but Slippery and Wet was, and Bad Medicine was definitely, um, uh, sorry, New Jersey, were definitely two of the biggest albums of the, the, the late 80s and deserve to be on the, this list. Guns N' Roses deserves to be on this list. Uh, I used to love Cinderella. Uh, Aerosmith, although Aerosmith were probably more 70s rock, and more of a 70s rock band that had a resurgence in the 80s. Uh, and of course, a band like Kiss, who again were, were probably in the same ilk, a 70s rock band who certainly influenced those 80s glam rock bands, but definitely wouldn't be considered to be a glam rock band. And so I had a little bit of a think about some of the bands that I, I really loved, and there is another band that deserves to be on this list, and Cinderella. And of course, um, I loved that band. Like I thought they were really cool. They had a, a few really good songs. But I've decided to go with three bands that I just listened to heavy in the um, in the night in the uh, late eighties and into the early nineties as well to a certain extent. So number three on my the bands I love. Now I wanted to stress these are I'm not saying these are the best. Nobody's saying that any of these bands are better than someone like say Guns and Roses, right? I'm just saying that these are the bands that I loved. But number three on my list would be the band Warrant. Now, at the risk of sounding like one of those posy types, most of us were introduced to Warrant with uh, their song Cherry Pie, featuring uh, Bobby Brown. Now, not that Bobby Brown from New Edition. Uh, not the makeup person. I think there's a makeup brand called Bobby Brown. I don't know because I don't wear makeup. But Bobby Brown was um, the blonde-haired girl in the Cherry Pie film clip. And look, it's just double entendre city, that film clip. It's probably the epitome of of what glam rock was, but also the epitome of why glam rock was starting to die at that point. And if you watch the clip, (laughs) if you watch the clip, what you're seeing is the beginning of the relationship between uh, Bobby Brown and Danny Lane, who was the singer of Warrant. And if you... <laughs> they got married, actually, and they had a, a daughter together. Um, they didn't last long. And a few years later, and it would have only been a few years later, uh, Bobby Brown actually ended up engaged to Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. And he broke the engagement off because he met Pamela Anderson and he married Pamela Anderson four days after he broke off his engagement to Bobby Brown. Like, <laughs> Tommy Lee, honestly, dude. But, um, yeah, they, they look, Warrant were one of the most underrated bands of that glam rock era. And if you look at, if you look at 
And at the risk of sounding like one of those kind of poses that, you know, go, oh, well, if you loved that album, you should have listened to the first album. But Warren actually had an album prior to Cherry Pie called Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin'. Um, and it was a fantastic album. There was some absolutely brilliant songs on that, including a song, one of my, or a couple of my favourites, um, a song called Big Talk. And of course... Uh, the uh, one of the I think one of the best most underrated songs of the glam rock era, which was a song called Down Boys, uh, where the Down Boys go. And so, if you ever get a chance, pick up a copy of Dirty Roddy, Dirty Rock, Dirty Rotten, Filthy Stinking Rich, uh, and have a listen to that. It, it is an absolute cracker. Uh, as of course has the two obligatory power ballads on it as well, Heaven, and sometimes she cries because you had to. You had to have a power of a ballad. But Down Boys and Big Talk by Warrant. If you haven't heard them, do yourself a favour. Number two, two on my list is Skid Row. Now, Skid Row were... Skid Row were very Guns N' Roses-like in that, again... I mean, they were they were hair metal, the hair rock. They weren't glam, um, necessarily. A little bit more down to earth... Down, Gritty and grimy, a little bit more sort of uh, leather-clad rockers rather than, you know, spandex-clad superhero wannabe pop star kind of rockers. But led by the formidable Sebastian Bach uh, from Skid Row um, and released their debut album called Skid Row, interestingly enough. And I remember falling in love with that band because I just loved them. That album is killer. If you ever get a chance to listen to Skid Row, the album, it's really fantastic. But if you look at... One of, one of my memories of Skid Row in that era was standing in the, the back uh, door area of the old Sydney Ta- Entertainment Centre. Uh, now, obviously, it was fenced off, but you could stand at the fence and watch bands coming in and out of the back door. You could also stand in the car park... And, and look over the balcony of the car park at, at the um, the bands coming in and out of the back door. So when I was 14, I went and saw Motley Crue at the Entertainment Centre and managed to convince my mum and her partner at the time to let us stand there for, oh God, probably an hour. I couldn't tell you how long, and wait for the bands to come out. And they did. Um, Motley Crue came out and Nikki Six waved at me and Skid Row came out. Um, Sebastian and I'm assuming I think it was all five members but I definitely remember Sebastian being there and it was just like I'm like wow imagine what that <laughs> imagine what that backstage area looked like can you imagine that imagine what imagine the people imagine what they were doing imagine the amount of alcohol they consumed and the, the utter debauchery although I think the crew had probably slowed down at that point uh, but they were one of the most significantly underrated bands of that era. That Skid Row album came out and was brilliant. Now, of course, they they parted ways with Sebastian Bach after the Slave to the Grind album. And if you haven't heard the Slave to the Grind album, uh, it really is one of the very best albums of any musical area. It's actually a really fantastic album. I remember buying it in 91 and uh, just remember absolutely loving this album from start to finish. 
And it's one of those rare albums that, like, just, it, there isn't really a filler on that album. The problem with Slave to the Grind is it came out in 91. So did Blood, Sucker, Sex, Magic. So did 10. I bought the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So did 10 by Pearl Jam. So did Bad Motor Finger by uh, Soundgarden and a little album called Nevermind by a band called Nirvana. And that was, we spoke about last week, the death of, you know, hair metal, hair rock. That was it, 91. That was the year it died. So not a lot of people heard it. And of course, uh, Skid Row started to wane in popularity. The album was fantastic. They hadn't lost anything. They weren't trying to be all, like, be all serious. Um, I mean, they were a serious rock band. They, they wrote power ballads. They had heavy-duty lyrics that dealt with, you know, serving lifetime in prison and being... Um, I mean, they also wrote songs about girls with big boobs. But, you know, but uh, you know, being the problems of being a young person in, in America was, you know, part of their lyrical themes. But Skid Row was fantastic. And now it ended with Skid Row um, being offered to do a opening gig slot on a Kiss tour. And the members of Skid Row felt that they were too big a band to be an opening band, and they refused. Uh, Sebastian, after a number of controversies, including one where he jumped into a crowd and injured a, a, a fan of the band uh, after a bottle-throwing incident, uh, the band had decided they'd have enough, had enough of Sebastian and made a vow to never work with him again. And they're now fronted by a man named Eric Gronwall. Um, they still tour, they still perform. Uh, they still sound pretty good, actually. But there's always that debate as to whether or not the the replacement is as good. And Skid Row were not a big enough band to be able to successfully replace him and continue on their merry way. So, uh, but in my opinion, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row had probably one of the best voices in rock uh, and was certainly one of the prettiest frontmen of the, uh, the late 80s, early 90s rock scene. And speaking of pretty frontmen, that leads me to my number one, my favourite uh, in the late 80s. I lived on this album, uh, and that is on their album, that is Poison. Poison. Brett Michaels, Ricky Rocket, CC DeVille, Bobby Dahl. Uh, they were just brilliant. And I can remember seeing the Poison clip for the first time where the guys, you know, the uh, nothing but a good time clip where the guys washing dishes in the kitchen and he's getting berated by his boss and he kicks open the door and there's poison and there's stage and a big room and these band members going nuts and really just being amazing and thinking to myself man that's life and so I managed to get my hands uh, probably in 87 or 88 on a bootleg copy of uh, Open Up and Say Ah and I listened to that over and over and over again it was such a good album you never ever listen now for people in my generation that listen to tapes and cds you ever listen to an album so much that when you hear one of the songs anywhere you automatically just expect the next song to start playing so you just get to the end of song one and you'll start singing the start or you'll hum the start or whatever for the next song but it doesn't actually play because it's on a mixtape or it's on the radio or whatever that's it. That's what I did with Open Up and Say Ah. 
And just recently, like last year, I bought, just was in a, a, a record store and I saw it on CD. And I bought it, uh, $25, $20, whatever it was, and played it. Man, it's still good. It's still a great album. Poison will never go down, particularly that album, because they were very glam metal, very hair rock at the time. They'll never go down as one of the great bands. And Poison, in my opinions, their great demise was they got to a point where they wanted to be a serious band. They wanted to be taken seriously as musicians. And I think they saw the the influx of new bands that were coming through that weren't interested in being taken seriously as musicians. They wanted to be stars. And, and they saw the dilution of the glam rock, hair rock scene. And the problem with it was the world wasn't ready for Poison to be serious musicians. They started to write really heavy lyrics, started to write really blues-based stuff. Um, rather than the screeching guitars and driving, you know, that, that sort of glam rock rhythm, they were trying to write albums that were a bit more serious and, um, and it just wasn't the same. Flesh and Blood, which was a follow-up to Open Up and Say Ah, just wasn't, it wasn't the same. And so they, they died. Um, I mean, look, they still, they've had their own issues. They've had band members replaced. Brett Michaels went on a bunch of reality uh, love shows. I think that what's kept his career going. Uh, arguably, he was the next prettiest frontman, and a lot of people say that Brett was prettier than Sebastian Bach. I don't think so. But I think their great demise was the fact that they didn't want to be a serious band and people weren't ready for that. And by the time... They were writing music that was serious music. There were bands already out writing really serious music, a la you know, Pearl Jam and, and Nirvana and bands like that, and no one was ready to see them in the same light. So those are my three favourites. If you get a chance this weekend, go and grab Dirty Right and Filthy Stinking Rich by Warrant. Go and grab... Get Slave to the Grind by Skid Row. And then go and get yourself a copy of Open Up and Say Ah by Poison. Put them in your Spotify playlist. Stick them in your iTunes. Whatever. However you listen to music. Grab the CDs. Play them there. Jump onto YouTube. Look it through that. Just enjoy three hair rock bands at the absolute peak of their powers. My name's Big Ads. Thank you for listening uh, to this trip down musical memory lane. And we'll see you next time here on the All Time Best Music Show.